Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to worship at the altar of music and comedy. The giddiness and the harmony of a well-crafted comedy song brings great joy and abundance. Join the tinkling talents of David Thames and me, Phil Nickel. Sit back, turn it up, and enjoy Songs in the Key of Laugh. Hey! It's Songs in the Key of Laugh, episode six of our second series. Ooh, that's so many series. Well, it's only two series. All right, many episodes. It's only six episodes. Okay, well, lots of time spent with you, Phil. I guess. (laughs) And lots of time spent with you, Davido. Oh, thanks. Uh, On today's show, we're going to be discussing comedy duos and uh, writing partners and things like that. That should be a lot of fun. It should be, yeah. We're going to be discussing people like Flight of the Concords. Oh, the Bare Naked Ladies. Yeah, absolutely. Even though they're not technically a comedy song band, they kind of are. They are, in a way, yeah. Yeah, they are. Um, we've we're we've also, also got our comedy song contest It's a competition, that's right. And it's no <laughs> contest, anyway. And we'll also be doing our uh, making of a musical. As well as speaking to our fantastic guests, the one and only Huge, huge Davies. Davies. Is Huge your actual name? No, is Huge isn't my real name. I, I, I was. I was, uh, I know, I know. Often, <laughs> it depends on how much I like you. I'll say it's my real name if I don't like you. Then you have to pretend like you're interesting in culture. You're like, oh, that's a beautiful, a beautiful name. Where's, where are you, where's, where's that from? And I'd be like, Wandsworth. When I think of comedy duos, I think of, uh, I think of people like Flight of the Concords. Yes. But who, who, is, who is the first comedy duo that comes into your head? Uh, ooh. Well, I mean, obviously the Flight of Concords are, as in modern com- comedy song contexts, they probably are, you know, one of the best, if not the best. Yeah. Uh, but the the one that, but the, the, I don't know where it came from, but the Smothers Brothers were, who, who are and, they? And I think I'm showing my age a little bit, but the Smothers Brothers were this comedy duo, they're actual brothers, like Tom and Dick Smothers, and they're like, they're like American folk singers who had this double act. Um, uh, Tommy played acoustic guitar and Dick played the big double bass and they had this kind of funny folk um, comedy meta comedy thing that uh, dialogue that used to go back between them you know like and they had a, they had a show called the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour um, that was on and it was like on in like the 60s and 70s um, and, that, and then they became a bit, old, a bit older and it was like kind of a controversial it was like a hip version of a variety show it was like the first time variety show had been brought into the the main, mainstream variety had become like hip okay and and they were like really they, they were funny and they had people they had people amazing people like they had young steve martin rob reiner uh they had albert brooks and people like that were on and then the musical guests were people like ringo Starr, joan baez buffalo springfield the doors I mean, it, it, some it, serious pedigree. Yeah, and it was like Steppenwolf and, and, and The Who and, and Pete Seeger. I remember one of the episodes, Pete Seeger, because it was a, it was almost like a counterculture 
mainstream TV show. Okay. So they would do. They were kind of known, even though they were kind of clean cut, like folky looking guys. If yeah. You, if you watch them, if you go and, if you go and watch the videos, the show was kind of um, critical of of modern politics and modern politicians. The first time you had that on a variety show. Yeah. So they're kind of in that folk world. But there's quite a famous story of John Lennon and Harry Nielsen, famous Harry Nielsen, went to see the Smothers Brothers live in London and were so drunk and disorderly and high that they were like like tampons on their heads and stuff like that and, and heckled the Smothers Brothers and got removed by the police. And it was kind of like, I, I don't know why they would do that to the Smothers. The Smothers Brothers were kind of clean cut, but at the same time, they were, they were pretty like on the forefront of of cutting-edge political commentary as a musical comedy duo. Amazing. The Smothers Brothers. Tenacious D. I know. Tenacious How could D. we forget Tenacious D? I know. Um, They're one of the biggest, really. They are. I've, I've got a big group of friends in, in South Africa, mm. um, and one of the songs that they like to sing on a night out is uh is is fuck her gently yeah um it's, it's, it's a phenomenal song it's a classic song and we, we did uh some gigs i did some gigs with the uh, cse um in sort of out in cyprus for the british armed forces and every single member of that those companies knew every single word to that song which is a sign of a brilliant song yeah it is i think also um tribute this is not the greatest song in the world this is just a tribute is fantastic as well. I think just, just as a as a duo, it's Kyle Gass and it's Jack Black. Yeah. Um. You you don't get much better and you don't get much bigger. You don't. You don't really. I mean, the well, this is going to be controversial. I mean, I I think that I prefer Flight of the Concords. Ooh, that's controversy. Well, if you tell us, write into us songs in the key of laugh at gmail dot com. Tenacious D or Flight of the Concords. What do you think the biggest comedy duo? In the world at the moment is, or it could be us. It could be David Timms and Phil Nickel. We won't put that as one of the options. Uh, <laughs> so tenacious D and flight uh, or flight right of the, the Concords. <laughs> in fact, tenacious D has a funny uh, history with me. In that, um, do, do you know them? Uh, I've not met Jack Black. Okay, no. but but the Cork the Juice Pigs wrote a song called Eskimo, or the only Eskimo. We performed it on Mad TV. Uh, in the 90s and this was predating Tenacious D by a few years then this is the, the beginning of the internet if you can believe it used to be able to like to download a song you'd have to like take 10 minutes to download like a minute of a song it was, I know, it was I know. Kid, kids who are listening to this I yeah, mean it was, it, 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 it was, was ridiculous yeah absolutely ridiculous and there was a company called Virus Records that put out sort of unlicensed songs and they misattributed uh, our song Eskimo to, to Tenacious D. So when it came up on your iPhone or your iPod, it would say Eskimo, only Eskimo, Tenacious oh my D. God. And, uh, and they've never played it, as far as I know. Now, everyone, I actually, even recently in the Alps, someone came up to me and went, oh, I love that song you played last night. I've been listening, I've been singing Tenacious D all day. I was like, it's not Tenacious D, it's a Corky Juice Pig song. And, uh, and there was a period there where I had to stop the song every once in a while to say, oh no, that, I actually wrote that and it's, it's ours. And in fact, if you go on the Tenacious D website, which is a fantastic website, they're so fun, but go to Frequently Asked Questions and there is, one of the Frequently Asked Questions is, did you write the song The Only Eskimo? And they go, no, we did not write that song, but we are much funnier than them, which is fair enough. <laughs> Uh, because they are. Uh, <laughs> but if you're ever listening, Jack Black, um, I would love you to record it and then uh, put it out. And uh, then uh, we'd make lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> 
think the hallmark of any great comedy duo is that the is that they're great writing partners. So we mentioned like Lennon McCartney, which obviously the greatest writing duo. And, and controversially, did they actually write together? We don't know, but but you 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 write with people like it's part of your one of your skills is your song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I write I write with uh, I write with Mike Chapman. Um, wow, he yeah. You mean he, from Chapman and Chin? Yeah, from Who, yeah Chinny Chap. Yeah, so, so Chinny Chap. We we'll go all the way back to the sweet. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not sweet, not the sweet, sweet, sweet. They're just and, called sweet, uh, and and smoky, and uh, so he he wrote uh, simply the best, simply for, the best for Tina Turner, and he right. wrote uh, lonely this Christmas. And he and... wrote a lot of uh, stuff for Blondie. Is that right? Yeah, or he he produced he produced the album. He produced so he's it. Wow. Got, yeah, he's got wow. his so, lovely, lovely gold disc. It was his seventy fifth birthday the other day, so um, we we went round, but he's got these. Yes, platinum wow. discs in his house. That's wow, wow. quite cool. I, I just think that I remember because as novelty songs and comedy songs go, the sweet, when I was growing up, because I'm a bit younger than you, the Sweets um, uh, blockbuster uh, was one of the it was a number one hit. You know that one. You better beware. You better yeah, take yeah, care. Yeah. You better look out of it. Got the long black hair. And what made it funny is because I didn't just didn't have a clue what to do. <laughs> you know, like that made it funny. There was something yeah. funny about it. Um, it's like it's like bub- bubblegum. Pop almost, yeah. isn't it? It's that that kind of thing, and uh, yeah, yeah, and is... they did ballroom blitz as well. Ballroom didn't they? blitz, yeah, that. I yeah. mean, it's, ballroom blitz it's is the ballroom blitz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ballroom blitz. Dum- dum- so Mike Chapman, I mean, he, well, tell me, is he? He must be funny. He must be a funny man. Oh, uh, he, yeah, he is absolutely hilarious. When, when we write together, we we go normally. We do it at, at his place. I, I play piano for artists that he gets in and has recorded with. Um, but uh, yeah, if we're recording at his, then we'll have. A uh, couple of glasses of something, and then we'll go and sit sit in his little recording studio in his house overlooking London. It's very very pleasant, and I'll play something, and he'll he'll sing over the top of it, and then we just it just happens, and it's it's very magical. Yeah. Um. I we were I was found myself re-recording uh Lonely this Christmas with him last year mm-hmm. for an artist, and I just thought I'm I'm recording this with the person that wrote it originally. It's wow very very cool yeah. so um yeah no I'm, I'm very lucky to to work with mike but i also um in terms of comedy duos um i used to be part of uh the ruby darlings which i've mentioned before um with lily phillips um and 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 rachel as well um but me and lily uh, ca- carried it on and we wrote lots and lots of very very silly songs for uh for a long time and it's, it's the, way, the way that you work with somebody is so important so phil w- if you were to write with somebody what would you bring to the table would you bring the words would you bring the music well it's all the thing is you spend a lot of time together so as a, so you know there's been in fact the, the guys that won the uh, song comedy song contest last year the canadians and spacer comedy duo they probably spent a lot of time hanging out being silly getting wasted and and coming up with dumb ideas and, yeah and, and so it's hard to even say where it all comes from fair i think i think i i mean from a musician point of view i normally sit and i will write the music but um i mean also if i find myself with with a dictionary on the go quite a lot um trying to find find words that 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 either rhyme to put into comedy songs or words that can take us into different places. I'm I'm not a great wordsmith, so I normally like somebody else to do that bit. Well, let's uh, let's play some songs from some comedy duos. All right then. If there's someone you can live without, then do so. 
If there's someone you can just shove out, then do so. You can be my Yoko Ono. You can follow me wherever I go. Be my, be my, be my Yoko Ono. Oh no. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful to see two people so much in love? Bare naked as two virgins, hand in hand and hand in hand in glove. Now that I'm so far away, it doesn't seem to be such a pain To have you hanging off my ankle like some kind of ball and chain You can be my Yoko Ono You can follow me wherever I go Be my, be my, be my, be my Yoko Ono Bernie Good Ladies, one of the greatest duos, even though they're not technically a duo anymore. But when I met Ed and Steve, it was just the duo, Bernie Good Ladies. Oh, yeah, girl. Tonight we're gonna make love. You know how I know? Because it's Wednesday. And Wednesday night is the night we usually make love. Tuesday night is the night that we go to your mother's house and I teach her how to use the video machine again. But Wednesday night, that's the night that we make love. It's when everything is just right. Oh, you're not too tired from your after work social network team practice. There's nothing good on TV. Conditions are perfect. They're perfect for making love. Yeah, you turn to me and you say something sexy like I might go to bed, I've got work in the morning mm, I know what you're trying to say, babe You're trying to say, oh yeah, it's time for business time Oh, it's business time Oh, I said, it's business, it's business time Oh, I know you're trying to say it's time for business time Business time. No, the fly the Concords. I saw them at the uh, Apollo and just phenomenal. Phenomenal. Time for this week's submission for the comedy song competition. It's a competition. Yeah, okay. So, who have we got this week, Phil? Oh, this is a good one. This is Eddie Johnson and Did It. Welcome to this song and its topic Although once it started you prefer to stop it Like a horror you glued to you can't retreat Like car crash viewing you won't leave your seat Like Corbin in a disco Trump in a mankini Dolores Umbridge popping round for tea Jimmy Carr's laugh on a loop for all time Non-stop repeats of last of the summer wine It's a truth, a reality that dawns on us all When we brush into the rug and try to ignore But there's no holding back You just need to admit that once upon a time Your parents did it Yeah, they did it, 
they did it, it's simple and it's true And the evidence that they did it is standing in your shoes Yeah, they did it, they did it, more than just one time And now that mental image is firmly planted in your mind You have tried to ignore it, tried to fight But it's like your nan trying to play Fortnite it's ingrained like a trench in the ground I don't want to cross it, but there's no way around Once upon a time, your mum and dad met Whether love at first sight or to settle a bet And although it might make your skin shudder They definitely bumped uglies with each other Not boots got down, went all the way No matter how you say it, the meaning's the same I'm sorry to raise it and make you confront The horror we all try to run from Yeah, they did it, they did it And the proof of the pudding is you Your parents did some smushing and probably enjoyed it too yeah they did it they did it but don't feel so repulsed because everybody else's folks did too we're all just the biological results so take your hands off your ears and open your eyes it's not like this should come as a massive surprise you didn't just appear like some magician's trick your mum just got too close to your dad's emotions Yeah, they did it, they did it Just face the facts and find That mental image just permanently scarred inside your mind Yeah, they did it, they did it But here's a thought on which to dwell That cause your parents did we know Your nan and granddad did as well To write a musical. It is time David. to write a musical. You guys know how it works. I've got a dictionary right here. You can hear it. There we go. I'm going to open the dictionary. Finger down. Uh, and the musical that Dave and I are writing with the working title Desert Island Dicks. Desert Island Dicks. Or now, Monsoon. We, or Monsoon. We haven't quite decided. Um, now, last week it took a bit of a... Uh, it, I, I, it kind of did a sidestep. I'm not quite sure which, which character was singing about something... But somebody was singing about something, um, and we've, we've just we've also discovered that there's a ghost ship that's just turned up mm-hmm. um, on the desert island. Um, but David and Phil are, are marooned on the island, uh... <laughs> uh, and David only has one leg because Phil ate the other one. Well, that'd be a nice. So we could call it the maroons. The maroons. We, we could call it that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm opening. I'm opening You're opening the, the, the dictionary. Yeah, okay. I'm putting the finger down. And the word is audition. Audition. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is this is Desert Aud- Island audition. Dicks part six or something. Here we go. So what we need is the audition. So how about the ghost ship? How about David and Phil try to convince the captain of the ghost ship to take them off of the island, and the captain of the ghost ship needs them to audition. Ah, uh, this is okay. All right, let's let's do for, it for to be m- pirates. Part, part of their show. Okay, part of their show. Part They've of their part of their they, part of their pirate ghost show. Maybe they're maybe they're a, a pirate ghost ship pantomime pantomime team. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> you say you wanna dance on the boat. We gotta know how you float. You gotta dance. I'm the goat. I'm the greatest of all time. <laughs> hey, David, what's that, Phil? I think you got this. I think I do too. 
I'm gonna tip tap until I'm blue in the face. I gotta take it all the way. You guys, you better dance now. You better dance. You gotta audition for the chance to get off the island in the ghost ship. Or my name ain't Captain Blackheart. Let's see what you got. And now maybe like a tap dance number. That's it, David. You got it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> we will need um, professional tap dancers when we, we do will, this. We will, we will when we do this. Yeah, yeah. If you like contests and you write songs, you're going to love our contest because it's a songwriting contest. It's a contest where you can put your song in the contest. It's the Songs in the Key of Laugh Comedy Song Contest. It's not a competition. It's a contest. Contest, contest, contest. Send your songs into Songs in the Key of Laugh at gmail.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. It's time for our guest, Philip. It is, David, and... Our guest this week is, well, he's a relative newcomer, but he's going to be a massive star. And his name is Huge Davies. The guest on today's show guest. is someone you might know. You and if you don't, that's your own fault. But you'll know them soon. You boy, you will. This jingle has been personalized uh-huh. for a guest that we hope that you recognize. And this week, their name is Insert Name Here. Huge Davis. Hi, yeah, Huge. It's Huge Davis. Hello, He's yeah, on guys, the show. Yeah, good. Um, welcome to Songs in the Key of Laugh, Huge. We are huge fans. Do you get that all the time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that, is I mean, that, no actual fans, but just people saying that, sure. Yeah. Is that, in, is, that in, <laughs> is that sort of inherent in why you call yourself Huge Davis? Is Huge your actual name? No, is Huge is my real name. I, I, what? I was... I was, uh, I know, I know. Often, <laughs> it depends on how much I like you. I'll say it's my real name if I don't like you, but then you have to pretend like you're interested in, in culture. You're like, oh, that's a beautiful, a beautiful name. Where's, where are you, where's, where's that from? And I'd be like, Wandsworth. <laughs> um, that is like if you go to South Africa and there are people that call their name is Sonny, but you know, like like with a U and you go, your name, their name's not really Sonny. It's just they put on the badge because uh, their real name is probably um, hard to pronounce for in Western culture, right? right yeah, <laughs> my my daughter's called Sunny. 
Your dog's oh, called Watson. <laughs> Maybe that's why. No, that's what I'm not what I meant. You know what I'm talking about. David, yeah. You might know this about David Huge, but David runs a music charity in South Africa, okay. and I think that's where my mind went to because I just remember. But people have lovely names. Like they're called. They're called. They're called, they're called um, glorious. So they just have like a really lovely uh, um, tag. And I thought Huge is kind of similar to that, except it's more. No, it's not lovely. There's no reason behind this. And I, uh, I, I basically I did comedy in secret for the first year, and then I didn't want him to find out because it was I was so cripplingly, cripplingly bad at stand up. So I was just right. like, I'll change my name so that no one finds out about it. And then it just sort of it got. I did better than I thought I would, and then I just had to keep the name because everyone knew about that name. And now I just I just I just just keep it going because just just why not. But, it's kind of, but it is a bit rock and roll. I mean, you know, in the way that you have Bill, Bill Haley and the comments, that, like that's not his real name, is it? But it sounds like magical and, you know, people give themselves rock and roll names. Huge sounds like a like a comedy like, version of a rock and roll like name. Like Elton John or Engelbert Humperdinck, that's for example. My, I, that's not his real name. What, he chose that? He chose that name. <laughs> it's cool that you think it sounds magical. My agent told me to change my name because she's like I hate having to bring up in meetings because it sounds like I'm just like representing a, a, a porn star <laughs> <laughs> and I was like for that reason we're keeping I'm, the name keeping I, it, I find yeah. it funny that you have to you have to have that conversation with actual producers for you should bring her radio. up and go I've changed my name and now I want to be called Sergeant Horse <laughs> <laughs> yeah she uh, I've yeah I've done that before she hates me uh, it's a, it's I feel bad for her honestly yeah yeah um. <laughs> well, I think, but also it's it's a it's a presumption that you will. Well, it's not really. It's you 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 will be huge. I think you're huge already. Oh, thanks, I think you man. I think you should be huge, and you are huge. So, I mean, it works into the, that in, the introduction. So it's, we've got, that's, we've got it's, it's difficult to bring up in interviews. I will have to say, not uh, this one. Just, well, just yeah, I think I think I'm going to be huge, and and I've I've put it out there. I've just I put am it straight huge. on my name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, that's, how little, a, that's how little and large must have felt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do get a lot of questions about it, and I'm not surprised. And I'm, I'm annoyed, but also completely. Why would? Why wouldn't you ask? What a stupid! It's an adjective. What an idiot! Yeah, but, no, no, but to me, it sounds like I thought. It was, I thought it was the opposite of Little Richard. He's Little Richard. Oh, okay. Like, like like Little Little John, like from Robin like, Hood. Yeah, yeah. is, is yeah. there Little John? Oh, there's a Big John. Oh, Big John. Of course. Wait. What? Is, no, is it is Little, little John. John. Well, there must have been a Big John. Oh, there must have been a Big John, yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was no Big John? I don't think there was a Big John. I there think wasn't just, a Big John. Just Little John, I think. It's just Little John. But big John big. sounds like Big John sounds like he owns a, a pub. <laughs> big John, Big John's pub. <laughs> Do you know, yeah, you know Big oh, John? No, he a, owns the King's Arms. You know, oh, yeah. Little yeah. Chef is what you're saying. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this, this introduction has gone on way too long. Let's talk about comedy songs. So, You've written a few. Yeah. In fact, you, uh, in modern my modern world of uh, musical com- comedians, I think you're one of the funniest and finest oh, thanks, purveyors of the art form, which is why we have, we're having you here on the show. Um, do, do you have a musical background? You obviously uh, you play your keyboards. Cla- I'm classically trained. Classically trained. Yeah. I, I was... Um, I learned from a very early age because my uh, one of my parents is uh, an Asian. Um, <laughs> they were like maths or piano, and I was like piano. <laughs> um, they, I, um, yeah, I learned from an early age. I'd done all grade eight. I actually used to be a, a piano teacher for a while. Oh, wow. um, 
And I, yeah, and then I, I just, I was, I wanted, I was interested in stand up, but I was like, um, use what you got. And I was like, well, I can play the piano pretty well. So I'll just use that. It was more that I was like, it's just a skill I have and it'd be stupid to waste it because I spent so long practicing the <laughs> piano. I was like, well, I might as well utilize it in some way. Um, I, you're, you're the only, the only musical comedian that I think I've ever seen walk on with a keyboard uh, strapped to you in in the way that you do um it's kind it's kind of got you got a bit of scaffolding to keep yeah. it upright upon your body um did did you make that all yourself yeah yeah i i made it all myself my dad helped me um uh but yeah he's tell you what when my dad was helping me with that he was like i'm not sure i've raised you properly like I, like I have a full master's degree it's hard to turn to your dad and be like listen I think the big break for me might be to wear the keyboard and he's like okay good um, the keyboard and the mic as a unit so it's not just it's like a whole yeah it's, it's like, like an a, Ikea unit you, yeah. you, it's it's like um, it's difficult to. I tried to describe it it's a bit like if you imagine in a in a in a theatre when you buy ice creams off the guy in the in the aisle in the interval right. that's yeah. basically what I have but it's not ice cream it's a horrible keyboard. Is that is that how you're described to your dad? I want to be like the guy in the interval with the ice creams, but with the yeah, keyboard. I was like, that's my fallback if I don't make it as a comedian. He's pretty disappointed in me. Um, and what does he think now? Have they, do they not much to, to be honest? Not much. I think he no. he sort of he does follow. He doesn't understand anything. I had to. I was on countdown recently, and and he just didn't understand. And he was like, "What is going on?" I was like, "That's fair." <laughs> That is fair. <laughs> yeah, that's that isn't that kind of what happens to a lot of the audience, isn't that? Part of this part of stylistically, you move from thing to thing so quickly, uh, there's a certain sense of bafflement in your delivery. Like you you ba- almost like you like enjoy baffling yourself. It's like that is that is that sort of a family trait? Well, yeah, I I guess in I mean, I was sort of saying in the way that he doesn't understand eight out of ten does countdown he doesn't understand eight out of ten cats how's he gonna understand eight out of ten cats does countdown he's like there's no there's almost no countdown there's 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 too many mascots i don't know why that's a thing the, he's, he's like carol vorderman's pregnant again for some reason and looks, you know he's confused by the whole thing in terms of like yeah i have a song which is like my signature bit that i've if you've ever seen me do stand-up i always come out it's a song about my dad putting me in a van and when he heard that for the yes. first time, his only comment was, I don't have a van. <laughs> it's, he's, that, he's that sort of a man. Okay. You know? Yeah. He thinks almost nothing about this. So uh, you're so you're saying your sense of humour comes from your mother's side? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, very Indonesian. If you've ever been there, everyone does this sort of thing. <laughs> I have I have performed I performed at the Jakarta Comedy Festival. If you can believe that was a thing. And uh but I, I played there's an there's a couple of clubs in Indonesia. How are um, you getting work out of there and I'm not? That's yeah, the well, I, I, I know a guy. I can hook you up. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Thank it's, you. A, it's, a, it's a company called Mad About Comedy run by Eamon Sadler. And uh, the the Indonesian comedy scene, in fact, the Southeast Asian comedy scene has taken off to the point where Comedy Central does specials with the Southeast Asian comedians. And which, uh, they, they come up from all over all the different countries, Malaysia. It sounds like something you should probably be tacking, tapping into right now. Uh, huge. Uh, <laughs> you can be on Comedy well, Central uh, well, quite quickly. Yeah, but I think um be quite disappointing for someone to be like, oh, an Indonesian comedian, finally someone who speaks about me. And I'm just like, okay, so my dad puts me in a van. And they're like, <laughs> I don't. There's, just, there's nothing here that I can grab onto. I'm actually... <laughs> 
Or you might get there and see there's like four or five guys doing uh, dads in a van material <laughs> thing. Oh, no. This is. <laughs> what am I doing? I showed up too late. So you you studied music. So you're actually a music. Did you want to be a musician professionally? Like that? Yeah, that yeah. I, I compose songs for people. Like, um, I've, yeah, I, I, if people need, like, I do a lot of jingles. No, but I mean, um, do you, do you, um, do you, like, what would you, would you, not that this is the 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 high point of a career, but would would you be able to do like a be like a wedding singer? <laughs> I don't think anyone would want me at the wedding. That is, that I don't. The there's people fuck? that that I don't think I'd be welcome at my own wedding. They're friends. <laughs> there are friends that have been like, "Can you bring someone along to try and just some someone for you to talk to?" Um, <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think I'd ever. I'm not. My voice isn't good enough to be i think my voice is fine my voice is like a like a like a six or seven out of ten but if you had me at your wedding you'd be like did we run out of budget did we spend on the <laughs> do you know yeah. what i mean but yeah. I, I i i i like uh yeah I, I compose i compose music for other people like i do jingles for podcasts i do like i also do like a lot of the songs for the now show um okay yeah um yeah like i i get like a, a fair amount of work right I, I did um a song for this youtube channel and i they I, and they were like do you want your name is attached to it and i was like yeah maybe i'm not too fussed about it and that vi- that video is currently on 15 million hits and i was like oh, no, mate. maybe should have put my twitter handle on there at some point um yeah that's a shame. probably yeah oh, what was the song it's a song. It's it's like a song for this YouTube channel called Mash, and it's about Louis. They do like dorky kind of geeky humor, and it's about Luigi, and he gets set, he gets put he gets put in a prison. I think um, it's pretty horrible, actually. The song is really nice, but the actual material of the song is is pretty bad. It's quite dark, actually. I think Luigi gets captured by Bowser and is like, I think just like tortured. I think. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's not for everyone, uh, <laughs> but it is for fifteen million people. That's a show. Apparently yeah. so. So, yeah. um, so you you played piano classically. Did was yeah. there a, was there a point where you were thinking, all right, maybe maybe I could go and play, you know, and be a concert pianist? Is it is it that level? Yeah, it was. It was. I was really good, to be honest. Like yeah. I I thought I was going to do that. But I think that's because I was the only thing I was good at when I was a kid. And when you're just good at one thing, you're like, well, I just have to kind of do it. I didn't realize you could just do other things. Because if you practice two hours a day every day for like, since you were like four years old to 16, you're like, well, I guess it's, I should probably be a pianist. Um, But in the end, um, I thought uh, that is actually, that is, that's too much music for me. I don't even, (laughs) yeah. Too Um, much music. Yeah, it's too much music for me. Um, I think yeah. I, I I used to. My mum tried to get me into. Basically, I'm I'm. I don't know if you can tell. I I disguise it quite cleverly, but I'm actually thick as pig shit, and um, I failed all of my exams like so crazy hard. My mum wanted me to go to like Cambridge and Oxford, and she right. saw there was like a scholarship you can get for like a an for like an organ scholarship. So and then yeah. I so I start I play, play the church organ too, um, and then. Um, yeah, basically, the, the, I think we got to the sort of the coming to the end of my school years, and they were like, "Oh, he really is quite stupid." Um, there's no way that no matter if he plays the organ to a point in which he's like he's like bark, we still couldn't let him in. It would. <laughs> but yeah, but so but I mean, you're obviously not stupid, are you? But you do, wait, you're just not concerned about learning. 
or it, it would like I mean I think there's a type of comedian comedian uh, um yeah comedians specifically who just don't can't be fussed they don't take it seriously and they don't, they, they could learn the things you just go well, how's that practical and why am I learning it was it more that or was it just that things just don't go in I mean you say you're thick is sometimes there's you're quite well, obviously just, not thick in any way shape well, or not, form. Not Listen, as you don't, you don't know not me that, as, you don't know me that well not as thick right. as pig shit I mean that's <laughs> I mean, I, I, tr- I, I've, I've, I did economics for an AS level, and I attempted every question and tried and got a U. I don't know what that says. I mean, that is that is quite that's that's crazy. I think that's, I'd probably get a U in economics. I don't even know what a U in economics means. So <laughs> there you go. So we're all thick. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine with being thick as picture. I'm I'm cool with it. I'd rather be thick as picture. It kind of serves comedy quite well to be. I I, I think deliriously, stupidly, happily, stupidly happy, which yeah. is which can be confused for being thick or just a non like not fussed about stuff. Um, yeah. I'm terrible. I'm terrible at uh, quiz, uh, pub quizzes, and stuff like that. I can't. I have no recall, instant recall. But I know yeah. lots of weird little tiny facts about stuff that no one else would, you know, people wonder about me. I think. I, I find <laughs> I find that I'm quite good at pub quizzes, but but I have I have written. I used to do pub quizzes and used to be the quiz master. So I've got like twenty thousand questions that I know the answer to, but I wouldn't be able to put any of them into context, and I never actually linked all of these things together. So it's completely and utterly useless knowledge. Not completely useless. You can you can enter a pub quiz. <laughs> it's yeah, very true that, yeah. yeah yeah true um so so going back going back to musical comedy yeah um, what was the first song what was the first musical comedy song you you wrote and when was it when you were young or in, in recent years i think it was when i was quite young at school i think i i don't even remember what it was about i wrote it to for my for my friend i think we were just we just we we just liked we were in a band at, we were like we were in a mini we was only two of us playing guitars what was the band called we didn't even have a name. I mean, we uh, had one performance in my school, and then it was like the day before, and he was like, "Oh, by the way, I've I won tickets to see the Killers, and I'm not coming to the concert." And I was like, oh. "Hey, <laughs> you've won you've won multiple tickets, and you've not given me the other one. That's crazy. I'm your best I'm your best friend. And then also you've 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 jilted me at this school concert. So we were going to sing um." Um, Cannonball by Damien Rice, which which is like the sort of song you sing when you're like 17 at a school, mm. thinking that you might get a girlfriend from it. And it was like, it only really worked because there was two guitars in it and it sounded really good together. But in the end, I just had to do it by myself. I had to sing Damien Rice's Cannonball oh, by myself at my school. I, I <laughs> It was so embarrassing because I was like, what, the song is about like, um, I think like, like it's, sort of, it's got the vibe of someone who's like, that's been in a relationship with someone that's died. And I was like, like sixteen. I'm basically just like tr- trying to like get just get a good mark in biology. And I'm just yeah. like, what are you talking about, mate? Anyway, but so we, we had one performance and it didn't happen. That's um, funny because I did I did a school uh, a school talent contest and we sang Billy Don't Be a Hero. It's about a kid that goes off to Vietnam and. So it's very similar to Cannonball. Cannonball. <laughs> it's very similar. Yeah, I, they're, both, my, they're both war songs, aren't they? Yeah. So, what, and, so, but what was the what was the song that you wrote for your friend? Do you remember? Do you remember it? I don't remember it at all. I think it was, was it um, just something some scatological. And it was pretty. I think it was pretty silly. I think it was quite rude. I had quite a rude sense of humor back then. It yeah. was very. I I I care not to remember it. 
Um, okay, so it wasn't called "You Left Me for the Killers," your knobhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I did a few songs at uni. I did a song that made me sound a bit like an incel, um, which is a bit of a shame. I did, I did "You've Got a Friend in Me," but it was all about the friend zone, and then um, it, oh. people thought it was quite funny. Um, looking back at it, it, I am an incel at that point. <laughs> <laughs> when I first started comedy, I did like a really bad idea, which was like. I did the Elephant Man, but as a musical, and yeah. um, and it just was awful, just an awful. Almost, I did that routine almost. I think about like probably about fifteen times, and almost no, almost no laughs. It's crazy how long I did that for. I quite like almost it. no laughs. Have you seen the movie The Tall Guy? With uh, the, the Tall Goldblum. Guy, it's called The Tall Guy. Jeff Goldblum, and in it, no? he's, in it, there's Elephant Man the musical. He's in starring in Elephant Man the musical, and and he has an a, an affair with a nurse played by Emma Thompson. It's a very funny movie. Well, he so he did Elephant Man the musical. It, the, in the Tall Guy, there's Elephant Man the musical. Yeah. Well, that's probably why no one laughed. Like, Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Here. No, 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 I wasn't saying oh, that. I oh, was Prince. actually saying out of more curiosity. It's just like that's just a funny idea to do Elephant <laughs> in the Musical. You, and I, it, you know. I thought it was funny, but no one else. I'm glad that someone I found someone after what seven years who enjoys <laughs> the idea of it. Well, yeah, well, um, obviously it was written into a feature film. So, um, so, so those are the first first songs that you've you've played, and we now we've got a good idea of your like musical background. What what did you listen to growing up? And was there like a fa- your favorite comedy song that you that you listened to? Oh um, yeah, made you go, oh yeah, I want to do that. Bill Bailey, man. I think people think that yes. like I love Bill Bailey, and people know that because if you see my act, you know I like Bill Bailey. But it's yeah. like um yeah, I liked um his specials, Part Troll and Wilderness. And there was um there's a song where he's like he does like a um, a love ballad. He does like a parody of a love ballad, and he's talking about um, these sort of American sad rock songs. And then he does he does a bit where he's talking about ducks, and he's how how it's like he's reflecting on ducks, and and how he's like how since someone left him, he can't like. <laughs> He, they used to like look at ducks and now he looks at the ducks and he just wants to, he's like, the ducks are now like in a pancake. <laughs> Soaking in the hoisin of your lies. You know, kind of yes. But there's that, that song is like, I remember there was like one guy at school who really liked Bill Bailey with me and we just talk about that song just for ages. Mm. I love, I, I loved uh, early Bill Bailey, like, yeah, Wilderness Part Troll. Those are like two specials that, um, are really like close to me and probably like a big reason about why I even started stand up I think so yeah easily Bill Bailey he was in a um, when I came over with the Juice Pigs Bill was in a comedy duo called the Rubber Bishops <clears throat> and they would do they, they did a parody of the uh, ballad of Romeo and Juliet that uh, do you know that the Romeo and Juliet by Dire Straits I think it is uh, but I mean Bill was always a fantastic guitar player and I didn't even realize that he played the keyboards, but he's 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 like classically trained. I mean, he plays, yeah, he's great. He, he's deep. He's deep. He's talented, so good. Deeply talented. And I, one of the songs I remember is he did uh, uh, human <clears throat> human slaves in an insect nation. Yeah, human <laughs> slaves in an insect nation. Ah, but how the insects are going to take us over and make us enslave us to their wish, their wishes it's just a great but, he, but the thing is what he takes is he fleshes an idea out so he takes what would just be like for, for any other musical comedian maybe just a, a chorus and a verse but he writes the whole thing and because I think because he's got the skills to do that well he does yeah. a really cool thing which is like 
He's one of the few people. I think he might be the first one of the few has few people to do it. He does he does comedy like a lot of musical comedians um, do. Um, like it's music with comedy. I think he's one of the few people that does like he does comedy about music. It's like all of his routines are about um, like observations about music. Yes, and they're they're rarely about anything else. You know, he he does yeah. you know stand up, but when he does when he gets an instrument out, he's really like really like exploring like what's cool and what's different about that instrument and i think it's like all musical his comedy is like it's it's if you'd you class it as musical comedy but it's like it's more observational it's like because it's like the deep everyone has like an idea of music and what like its role in everyone's lives but no one can really talk about it because not everyone understands music and the way that like bill talks about it it's like the way you can just like lock into a genre and talk about a genre and everyone's like oh i can't i know i know what you're saying like it's observational, but it just it's he makes it really like accessible, and um, I think it's really really cool. Like I try and and do that with some of my my comedy. I like try to evaluate like a, a lot of genres and take things apart because I think it's I think it's interesting the you way do that, that you do you, that really you do that really nice bit about it, uh, oh it's the enter the entry of the gladiators enter the gladiators which which is which is it's the Benny Hill theme is it. It's it's like um yeah. I don't I think it's like a general circus the it's the cir- if you know it, it's the circus song that's that's a really that's a really really cool and interesting observation but every single person in the room knows that piece of music even though you you don't you, you know you wouldn't think that they would but it's like yeah 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 carousel that's a great you can you can that's what's great you you people don't know that they have any feelings about that song until you play it and they're like oh, okay cool. Yeah. It's like it's because it's difficult now because you want to do observational com- comedy. You've really got to be like, right, I've got to get something that everyone knows about but isn't like hack or anything. Yeah. Which is really hard to, to well, do, I think. Well, well um, Bill, does, Bill does a thing where he does, he does juxtapositions. So he'll do um, uh, the hokey cokey in the style of craft work. Or yeah. He do, or he does Metallica with the big, all the horns. But he, but he plays them so well that he Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, the thing. It just he also like makes his own instruments as well, which is like so cool. Like I think he made, he made like a he's got like a Bible that he turned into a banjo. I think it's really it's really cool. Um, <laughs> Only Bill uh, Bailey would do that. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah. The, yeah. The way that he um, the, the show that he did where he, he explored the orchestra, um, I think is it's mind blowingly good. And he would go through each of the each of the instruments and kind of pick them apart for their particular sound and he it was his guide to the orchestra and he really really explained it but he made it so accessible if i was teaching if i was teaching a child about the orchestra i would just show them that i think it's i think it's um i think it's i think it's spot on you mean, you, you mean be you'd fun. be really lazy and just <clears throat> no, you, no no you, you go i'm being paid to teach about the orchestra watch this kids i'm going for a smoke well to an extent yes <laughs> but, let's put, um, put every lesson is let's put a video on <laughs> <laughs> yeah. have you seen this guy talk about orchestras <laughs> no i i don't know I, there's 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 lots and lots of really really good things about the orchestra online but the best that's the best stuff is when you can make it fun and you can make it silly and bill bailey does that with everything that he talks about all the genres that he talks about so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm now thinking all of all the funny bill bailey bits he's got that one that goes oh have a banana at the end of yeah yeah <laughs> there's a really funny bit he does about um the ambulance i don't know if you heard that the song. he's doing like talking about ambulance sirens and oh yeah like, and then he's saying in france 
and it's just like an accordion player. And then it transitions into a really long song about someone in an accident and he does the whole thing in French. And the whole thing is ridiculous. It's so funny. Yeah. It's so good. And, it's really um, complex. And you're, so you're, you write, your stuff is like that. You're, 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 the complexity and the callbacks means that it's not just you're just doing a song and then an intro and then a song and an intro. It all weaves together. Uh, and is that, is that, you're saying that's inspired by Bill Bailey, but it's very much you. I, I mean, I didn't watch, I don't watch your set thinking that it, that it's, uh, you see, very unique. No, thanks, man. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I try, I try hard. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, I try. It looks like I don't care, but I try real hard. Um, yeah, I probably uh, should have asked a question at the end of that statement. It just, well, I basically went, "You're great," and then expect you to say something. <laughs> That's really yeah, yeah, I put a lot of effort in. I uh, no, it's, it's. Uh, yeah, I, I also think that there's like, um, I, I'm a real champion of of musical comedy. I think that like, it's great, and and I, I know you must have covered it in the pod, but. Sometimes, you know, a lot of the time I get comments at the end, which is like, I don't really like musical comedy, but yeah, I like I like your musical comedy. But it's like, it's it's like it's so easy to do badly, yeah. um, musical comedy. But I think um, that's why I put so so much effort in because I just want people to think of it as not as like a different genre of comedy, but like it's all it's just it's just a it is still comedy. Yeah. Um, and you can just because when as soon as you bring on the keyboard, everyone's like, "Oh, bloody fucking hell!" Um, <laughs> what's this? What's this guy going to do? Jesus Christ! I, I pay for yeah. this, and then they're like, <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Um, I've had so, it when I, when I in the interval. I go to put my guitar on stage uh, just before I'm on, and you can hear the front bell going, "Oh no." <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't. I. I just. I've never understood it. It's. I mean. I obviously I'm a musician, but it's the highlight of any of these shows. Is if I go and I see that they've got they've got an instrument on stage, I'm like, yay, freaking yeah. brilliant. But it can be done. I mean, we we have covered it in the podcast, and I think the reason people don't like it is because it's just a matter of, like at, at its worst, it's just changing a word to a popular song and and even getting yeah. that bad, even getting that wrong. Well, you know, I I used to write jokes specifically about people who say that. <laughs> so I got really really self conscious about it in the first few years. So I used to like write full routines about how people are wrong <laughs> about yeah. music. <laughs> incel vibes again. Incel vibes again. Yeah, it was kind of what we why we started doing the podcast in the first place. Is um, David and I just wanted to yeah explore why these comedy songs are they're everywhere and it's not just comedy songs it's like you said it's like jingles sound effects there's so much music uh involved in in comedy that it's ridiculous that the purest stand-ups don't don't understand it i think a little bit is jealousy because you do like you've said how many hours a day did you practice to get to the point where you could stand on stage with a keyboard strapped around your neck and <laughs> yeah singing singing singing, you know yeah it's hard i mean it's difficult because i always want to it's it's so hard like writing new bits as well because you for me because i have to like learn a song to a point in which i'm like not looking at my hands and i'm doing it naturally because if i look at my hands at any point i like break like eye contact with the audience which i don't really like doing and then um you you rehearse like this new bit you've done like i did a bit recently where i learned I had to learn the entire theme tune of with the Crystal Maze. To me, ages. <laughs> and then I did the routine. <laughs> and then I did it three times and everyone was like, nope. <laughs> I was like, ah, that's, that's, I spent a long time doing that. Um, <laughs> um, 
And you can't just be like, well, throw that out. It's like, no, I, ha- I have to make this. I have to make this work. Like, at any point that I learned the entry of the Gladiators song, I'm being like, I cannot not use this. I've spent <laughs> an afternoon of my life learning this useless song. So um, you think the Crystal Maze is going to come back and you're going to use that somehow, now that you know, now that you know it? Um, yeah, hopefully. Well, a lot, of the, a lot of the good stuff I do is, like, stuff that I thought was really bad at the time and I've just left it aside and then I'll come back in, like, a year and I'll be like, oh, that's actually, that's actually fine. Thinking as, as somebody who learned classically... Um, I know that it's um, it's quite difficult to go away from sheet music. Um, I, when I was about, I don't know, eight or nine, decided that I would learn to play all of these chords. So then not only would I be able to read the sheet music, but then I could do the chords and sing at the same time. Mm. And um, But I know that it's something that lots of uh, classically trained musicians find really, really difficult to go away from sheet music. So is that something that you've had to teach yourself later on? Or did, was it something that you did earlier, knowing you know, knowing that you can go from uh, chord two to five to one or things like that? Have you had to relearn things? Well, I, I was... I was never good at reading music. Like it was my main thing that I was so bad at. So when I, I, I always wanted to learn by ear and I still learn, like I learn classical songs by ear now. Like I can do it from just hearing them. I don't actually use the sheet music. Like I learned, oh, wow. what did I learn recently? I learned like, um, um, what's the champagne one that goes? That one. Uh, that nocturne. one. Yeah, not, yeah, the nocturne one. I learned that yeah. from ear. Like I didn't look at the, I had to do it for like this, the like the Harry Hill show, um, but I learned that from ear. I hate sheet music. I, I don't. I um, I'm just glad to get off it. To be honest, in fact, I was like, kind of glad to get off music of, of like classical music because I think because I did it. I did it for like two hours. Like it was ridiculous. My mum, she would if I went to someone else's house um, for a sleepover, I had to like practice at their house. And yeah, like it was. It's because when you're a kid and you got a bedtime, your bedtimes are like nine ten o'clock like and you finish school at like four or whatever five o'clock that's almost like most of your time gone yeah, <laughs> yeah. sleep over you know how uncool it was to like go to someone's house and be like you have to practice for like two like two hours at your friend's at, house at your friend's house and yeah did you, would you, and did you have obviously you're taking lessons who who was a teacher did you have when you're a teacher do you, remember, I, do, you remember, do you remember your teachers or yeah i, I missed to speak mr speak, speak. I, I he was great but i did it was quite a bad <laughs> When I passed my grade eight, when I was, at, I, I think I was like 16 or 17, I passed my grade eight and then he, t- I, I, he took me out for a meal to celebrate. And then I, making a little joke, I was like, but honestly, am I the best student you've ever had? And he was like, well, you did fail grade five and I've never had a failure before. <laughs> right. So in a way, you've actually are my worst student. <laughs> and in a way you've kind of ruined I now I can't say I have a 100% pass rate and it's actually quite annoying <laughs> but apart from that yeah but you were like you were laugh I guess <laughs> but you'll probably become what the more the most well known of his students and then show him well hopefully yeah what rub it in his face yeah all your just hard keep, work it, is going to nothing just keep sending him tickets to all your shows yeah try less actually Try less. <laughs> Maybe a hundred percent pass rate isn't great, actually. <laughs> but I'm quite thrilled that I. It's quite rare that you you get um, like if you you people who like learn instruments at a, like a young age and then actually plays into your actual life at any point. Yeah, I can't earn yeah. money from it, which is it, that feels pretty good. You were a music teacher. Do you uh, yeah. know of any of your students that are 
now working professionals or I don't know. I don't care. I don't. They, I hate them. Uh, and I, I uh, if you if you have taught you and you and you're listening to this, I hate I hate you. I taught in a, I, I taught in a school uh, for a bit. Oh okay. my god! Some of the kids, kids are mean, man. Kids are mean. I I, I taught a kid and he came in and he was like, um, he went, "How old are you?" <laughs> and I was I quite I'm quite young looking for my age, but back then I was like 24, but now I'm 30. But he was yeah. like he was like, "How old are you?" And I went, "Well, firstly, you called me Mr. Davies." And he went, "How old are you?" And I was like <laughs> trying to get this kid to like stop being rude to me, and he just wouldn't. He kept asking me how old I was, and I was like, "Well, I'm gonna have to say now, aren't I?" So I said I was like, "I'm 24," and he went, "Well, you look 19, and I don't want to be taught by a 19 year old." <laughs> Uh, who who raised this child? Kids are mean, man. I don't understand. How old was how old was this kid? He was like nine. Yeah. <laughs> so did you teach primary or secondary? I taught primary and then I went private. Um, but I was only on it. I only did it for like a year. Um, yeah. Because by that, by the end of that, I mean, I, tell you what, if you want to be good at comedy, give yourself a job that you hate. Um, I'd say that's a really good way to get like. Because I worked, I've worked two jobs apart from comedy, which is I worked in a shoe shop and as a piano teacher, and um, I didn't like those jobs. And I, I really feel like that helped. That was a big part of me earning money as a comedian. I was like, you can't, you can't carry on like this, mate. <laughs> you can't, you can't, <laughs> um, you can't get people just being mean to you all day every day. Um, this isn't a life. Um, that's I had, quite. I, I, I had a, jo- I had a job that was selling. Um, a ticker tape for like receipt tape <laughs> for like cash registers over, oh, yeah. over, over the phone. When was this? So you ring people and go, hi, is that Bob's Burgers? Yeah, well, uh, hi, I'm selling a click. <laughs> I'm just trying to sell. I want to sell click. We got, we have enough ticker tape. But your voice right. is so nice. Well, I don't think I could put down the phone to you. No. I'd buy anything oh, yeah? you were selling. Oh, hello. I'd put yeah. the phone straight down. Uh, <laughs> Maybe I've matured into that voice. Do you uh, keep up with modern comedy songs? Like, do you have you seen the Bo Burnham Inside? Do you have you watched any of that? Yeah, I did. I watched Bo Burnham's Inside. Yeah. I did. I did like it. I think he's a bit too. Um, uh, everyone loves Bo Burnham so much. I I feel this is really controversial. Okay, we'll I do think it. he needs. Let's go. To, I think he just. Um, I think you should just cheer up a bit. <laughs> I, 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 I hope because, he hears this. Cheer up, but it's, it's it's like he's it's, a keen listener, so makes me sound like um, a bit like I, I know it's it's like he's. I feel like he's talking about the way he's like he's being forced to do stand up comedy. Do you know what I mean? Like I love doing stand up comedy; it's my favorite. But right. he doesn't need to. The way he's talking about it is like he's got a gun to his head and he needs to keep doing musical comedy. It's like you don't have to. You can stop. You on. <laughs> do you know what I mean like he's yeah. like oh I have to keep doing it and you pigs have to keep eating it and I have to keep coming to all this comedy and maybe I'm like you can you can stop you really can You, yeah. it's fine we don't it's okay you can take a break it's fine like no one no one minds it's like you're a film director now you write you've got like a award for like writing films and directing films you can do that if you want you don't have to keep doing it yeah. it's a bit like have you seen that SNL bit when um, Kristen Wiig is like, oh, don't make me sing. And everyone's like, and everyone's like we don't want you to sing. It's okay, you don't have to sing if you don't want to. He's like, oh, I can't, I can't put, like, I'll, I guess I'll sing, actually. I'll, don't, make, don't, make me, don't make me sing. It's like, Bo, you don't have to keep doing it. It's fine. Yeah. There's loads, there's loads, there's lo- uh, 
We've, we've, there's too many comedians, if anything. <laughs> do you think maybe he? Do you think maybe he he wants to be taken more seriously as a musician or or as a? Do, do, think, do I think both wants to be taken more seriously? Yeah, yeah. Comes, I think like, he is gets, taken gets, seriously. He, I don't he, think he, he needs did, to. He did comedy as a, from a very young age, so he's actually not because he doesn't seem that old. But maybe maybe he's you know. I, I think they say this a lot about a lot of comedians that comedians want to be musicians or rock stars. Oh yeah, like Tim Mitchum. Tim Mitchum wants to be a, a rock star. He always, he, I think he, doesn't he have a show called like a rock, rock what was it, rock star? Was yeah, it? rock. I think it was just called yeah, rock. Yeah, called rock. What's so fucking rock. Yeah. You I don't think the... I want to be a rock star. I think I just want to be a comedian. I think it's like a real, like a, a privilege to be able to do stand-up comedy. I really think it is. It's like so competitive and it's so much fun. And um, if you're not feeling great about it, I think you should just not do it. Yeah. I think if you, if you, if you're, if you're struggling with it, you can you can just you can stop you can take a break and do something I, else. I, I I find that really interesting. I I um, we have we have a mutual friend in Lily Phillips. Oh yeah, and, sure. And so I I was um, me and Lily worked together at the very beginning of her comedy career, and I've seen how how difficult it's been going from uh, going from what she did beforehand with the musical comedy, then going into stand up and how many gigs you have to do and and how hard you have to work and how many times you have to be uh you know have to not get any sort of reaction from an audience until eventually you get you know you get this tiny little bit of hope and uh you do have to love it and you have to want to do it more than anything and i think your point that you've just made then is completely spot on and through seeing lily from the very beginning of her career up to now has made me have such a an admiration for um for for what you do and what you do as well, Phil, Oh, actually. thanks. Finally. Well, <laughs> <laughs> finally admitting that I'm the brains of the operation. Yeah. Music's easy is what you're saying, right? Music's simple. You got what you guys are no, coming down to. No, well, is stand up is hard. Music is easy. We're and the bravest people in the world. We, we, we are. Oh, man. I had the, I, I met an old guy on a, on, a, uh, on a tube once, and he was like in his, in his 80s. And he was big, he's quite a big guy. And he got, he got on the tube and I stood up and said, do you want to sit down? He went, no, no, young man. If I sit down, I won't be able to get up again. And you know how old people tell, like to announce, I'm 89 years old. And I, I was like, all right. He goes, I, and I stood up to, and then someone else sat, sat down. So I'm now talking to him. He said, I was in the, in the war. I was uh, 16 years old and I was a conscript and I was in a, the tank, tanks that landed on D-Day. And uh, we were the uh, of the tanks. The the I'm on my way to meet my friend who was in that tank with me, and there was five of us, and we were one of the uh, the like very few tanks. Like there was three tanks that survived the entire World War Two, and our tank was one of them. And only of those tanks, only one tank, all five people survived, and that was our tank. And I there's only two of us are left, and I go and see him once a week. He, he comes and sees me once a week. His wife died ten years ago. My wife died ten years ago. You know, but we keep each other going and I live for the guy. An amazing story, right? And I was like, and he went, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I'm a stand-up comedian. And he went, well, that's a tough job. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a difficult job. <laughs> I was like, this, that's just, that's so ridiculous. Like, you just yeah. sort of tell me this amazing story of surviving the war in a tank. Well, anyway. Well, once you once you reach a, a, a certain point in stand-up comedy, I think you just, people are like, you're brave. You're like, no, I just have no embarrassment anymore yeah i just cannot be embarrassed yes. like the number of things i've had to <laughs> the crowds i've had to play for like you just stop being embarrassed 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I, well, you've seen my act. I get people to lick my stomach for a living. And then you start the gig. I am. No, <laughs> that's, the, that's the entry fee. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a hostage situation. It's, people are, people are <laughs> texting help under the, under the table. I had, I had a, a show where I got st- st- stickers that said, lick me. And I'd make the audience, because I didn't want to lick anyone that didn't want to be licked. <laughs> people would wear stickers that say, lick me. And they did. I would lick them and also i'd find always be a bald guy i this was a routine i would lick a bald man's head and guess what he had for dinner and i, I get it right i can get it right most of the time because because you kind of you know sweat out if he had fish and chips i go for fish and chips he, people would be amazed how did you know like because he tastes like fish and chips he had fish and chips obviously you're not allowed to do that nowadays are you uh well um, i might bring oh, it back God. I might that was that was that was the hardest thing about COVID for you. You were like, I can't lick anyone's. I can't lick anyone. Everyone, everyone's like, I'm struggling with my mental health. You're like, I cannot lick any stomachs anymore. I can't do my main, I can't do my main trick. <laughs> Huge. You played at our uh, Cray Cray uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was uh, so great to have you there. I was just wondering what other stuff you're up to at the moment. Uh, well, um, we just finished um, the my sitcom. Um, it's it's been out on Channel 4. It's on 4OD. Um, oh. It's called The Artists. It's about it's about street performers. Um, it's about a bunch of very bad street performers who think they're very good. It's very it's it's good. It's good fun. Got some and there's there's some music's in there as well. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just good fun. We filmed the whole thing in secret um, in like a village, so no one the the whole sitcom was filmed in public, um, but no one in the village knew um, that was happening. <laughs> wow! Um, so it's quite quite a weird quite a weird sitcom, I have to say. And it's Probably. improvised and stuff. It's all, it's great. It's good fun. That, you mean the cameras were hidden so they, they wouldn't know that they were being filmed? The we had watching. to get permission. A lot of people's faces are blurred out because they, they said no. And why, why, why would they say yes? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, we film, we've, you're like, they've just watched like the worst street performance of they've ever seen in their whole lives. And then we're like, do you mind if we broadcast your reaction to this poor man <laughs> trying to es- escape out of a box? <laughs> Like, you've just watched a man try and cut his arm off for half an hour to no avail. We'd like you to, we'd like to put that in the te- on the television. Of course he, of course he wouldn't. Good, no. um, <laughs> well, that's the artist on Four OD. Four artists on Four OD, all four, and it's also on YouTube. But uh, yeah, okay. it's, there's three episodes. It's good fun. Check it out. And there going to be more of those. Did did it go well? Do you know? Yeah, it's it's going really well. Um, yeah, everyone really, everyone says they like it. I mean. Imagine if, imagine if someone was like, out to me and was like, "Actually, I think you could have put more into that." Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't okay. know. yeah, people people are enjoying it. There's quite a funny comment online, which I quite like on you. It's like a someone went, "This this is rubbish," and the women suck. And then and then he posted again half an hour, t- ten minutes later, he goes, "Actually, the, the Pearl Harbor bit's quite funny." And then, he posted, <laughs> and then he posted again five minutes later, he went, "Actually, the whole thing's funny." <laughs> Which I love. I love that. I love yeah, that. That's, that's, that I love that you hate it so much, and the book was like, "But I'll stick around for maybe the next bit." Yeah, yeah. I'll give it and a then full by the end, he was treat. like, "Yeah." By the end, he was like, "I love this show. It's, it's my funny. favorite show. My favorite show. My favorite show." On YouTube. I hope they make more. Well, it's been really nice talking to you. Um, oh, you we, too. We we ask all of our guests to to uh, sing sing a song or play a little piece for us and I wonder if you had anything prepared that you could play for yeah. us yeah I'll do, um, I'll do something I'll do okay. something okay um in lockdown um I'd spent a lot of time playing video games 
Okay. Um, I was alone for lockdown, so I got really well acquainted acquainted with my my PlayStation Four, and um, um, and yeah, I just played a bunch of games on there, and then I just started writing songs about some of the games I played. And uh, yeah, I can't. I, this is a song I wrote in lockdown, but it was from quite a while ago. So see if I can remember it. But this this song is is called The Sims Four. Here we go. One of my Sims had sex with the neighbor. He left his wife. He left his life behind. My remaining Sim, oh, she was very upset. Her made her make friends with every Sim she'd met. And I threw a giant party for the friend she'd made. And I made a ton of favorite jokes to try and get her laid again. But her jokes made a sim hysterical and he literally died. And all the party guests cried. Except for a guy who was making an omelette, then he pissed himself. <laughs> then the Grim Reaper came to take away the dead. My sim began to talk to him, but eventually had sex. <laughs> With the Grim Reaper In front of the guests In front of her ex Yeah, there was piss on the floor I'd removed all the doors On The Sims 4 That was The Sims 4 Yeah uh, Huge, Davis Thanks for joining us on Songs of the Key of Laugh uh, That's been a real pleasure uh, congratulations and, and and good luck to everything. I think it's gonna. I think I can't wait to see what you come up with next. Oh, thanks, thanks mate. man. Thanks, huge. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoyed it. Thanks, man. Goodbye, adios, farewell. You'll be glad to hear that we think that your interview went well. But we have other things to get on with now, so you're gonna have to go. I'm sure our paths will cross again, but whoever really knows? It's been fun. It's been musical. It's been comical at times. But now we have to leave you, so goodbye. goodbye. That was incredible. I love Huge Davies. What a fantastic act. Go and see him at your first uh, opportunity. Amazing. 100%. Please do. Uh, also, please do keep on spreading the word of this podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We need your help. We need, we need you guys to tell other people about it. Get the numbers up. Get people rocking. Get them listening. Song's the key of laugh. <laughs> If you'd like to see more or hear more from Huge Davies, why not follow him on Instagram at Huge Davies or his Twitter feed at Huge Davies. And please keep sending us in your songs for the songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song competition. It's a contest. It is a competition. <laughs> and if you'd like to support our podcast, we'd love that. So why not support us, goddammit, at patreon.com forward slash songs in the Key of Laugh. Or buy us a coffee at coffee.com forward slash songs in the Key of Laugh. See you next time. Next week. Bye, guys. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 